Hey, what's up? We're Brave Youth, a youth movement happening all across Miami, starting at our home, Brave Church. Thanks for checking out our podcast. We can't wait to see how God's going to use it to change your life. Enjoy the message. I came expectant. I came hungry. I came ready to receive from God. And I just believe that what God started at youth all night is just going to be a continuation of what he wants to continue to do here tonight. Does anybody believe that tonight? Hey, um, did God speak to anybody at youth all night? Come on, like, like, man, God spoke to you. Did anybody get healed at youth all night? Like, specifically healed? You got healed? Come on, come here real fast, real fast. Tell me, just like five-second summary. Give me a five-second summary of what happened. Okay. Okay, wait, about, like, the healing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so basically I had a bruise on my knee, and, like, I was, like, praying to God about it, and then, like, as soon as I um, finished the prayer, I, my knee healed. Come on, man! Put your hands together! Did anybody speak? Did God spoke, uh, like, a specific word to anybody? Come on, tell me what God spoke to you. Um, God told me to stop feeling alone and to just accept him and that he's... Come on, can we give God praise? Amazing. Amazing. Anybody else? Anybody else? What did God speak to you? All the way in the back. Sabrina. Hi, Sabrina. Sabrina, stand up. Sabrina, stand up. Can I just, like, I didn't know this, but I learned this at youth all night. Sabrina is a ninja, so listen to the ninja. All right, here we go. So, like, I was feeling, like, really alone, and I was, like, asking God, like, oh, why do I feel this way? And then he was just, like, I was just asking, like, why do you forgive me so much? Why do you love me so much? And he said, because you are my child. So, yeah. Come on, man. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it, man. I love what God did. I love what God spoke. Um, I love when we got to break out into different worship sessions and we got to break out into fam groups. I know that God did miraculous things, but I believe that God is not finished yet. God still wants to pour his spirit out on us today. And listen, I got some sad news is that we only have three more youth gatherings after today, y'all. How sad is that? But here, listen, can we commit to ending the year strong? Come on, can we commit to ending the year strong? I love it because when I look back, at Brave Youth in one year, and what happened in one year. Just amazing. Come on, Brave Wars. Did anybody enjoy Brave Wars this year? That was crazy. Uh, some people died or are no longer with us because of Brave Wars, but um, that was great. Um, and then we did um, internship. Come on, who was a part of internship? Yeah, 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 yeah. We did summer internship. After that, we went to New York City. Come on, Brave Youth took over New York. And then we went to one-week camp, y'all. After that, come on, how many of you stayed the course of 21 days after camp? Anybody, come on. 8 a.m. devotionals, you guys remember that? Probably not. Come on. Then we started fam groups. How many of you guys have so enjoyed your fam groups and your leaders and just getting to connect on a deeper level? After that, come on, we did an all-nighter, and we got to see people drink other people's saliva. It was amazing. We got to see Ashley puke on somebody. That was awesome. Man, so many crazy, crazy things, and we are still not done, and God is still not done. Does anybody believe that? Come on. Anybody believe that God is not done? Um, But we are entering now into probably one of my favorite times of the year, y'all. It is the best season of life for me. Now, here's what you have to understand is that I have like some favorite—anybody have like favorite holidays? Favorite holidays? Okay. We are entering into my favorite holiday season. Now listen, my first favorite holiday, obviously, come on, obviously, my birthday, come on, like, my favorite holiday, like the greatest day that that the Lord created was my birthday. Um, 
and, and now I get to celebrate it for the rest of my life. It's incredible. Uh, but I love Thanksgiving and Christmas. Does anybody love Thanksgiving and Christmas? Right. And it's so funny because... Because it's two very different holidays, right? Like Thanksgiving is all about love and eating food together and being family. And then Christmas is all about who gets the most presents. Like, amen. Like, let's not, let's not sugarcoat it, y'all. Like, it's about Jesus, yes, but like, come on. Like, Christmas wouldn't be Christmas without the presents. Amen. Holla back. Um, I'm a big kid. I love presents, y'all, okay? If you want to bless my heart, just buy me a present. It doesn't, it, you can go to the Dollar Tree and spend 99 cents and I will be happy. I just, I don't care about what is in it. I, I care about quantity. Okay. Like when my brothers and sisters, like we would count each other's presents and like, I might've gotten like, let's just say like an iPod and they would have got like some toys, but I would have been mad that they got more toys than me. Y'all like I cared about quantity. And, and, and Thanksgiving and Christmas is like my favorite time of the year because I mean, you know, it's like the season of joy, right? It is the season of happiness and gladness and thankfulness. And it's so funny because every time this time of year comes around, like everybody gets excited. Everybody gets happy again, right? Like if you had a messed up year, if your year was not like what you thought it was supposed to be, it doesn't matter because as soon as you hit Thanksgiving and you start to hear Christmas music, all of a sudden joy comes back into your life, right? Like I, I remember um, just a few weeks ago, um, me and my wife, we set up our Christmas tree in our house. Who, who has set up their Christmas stuff already? Anybody? Who does not believe in setting up your Christmas stuff that early? Amen. Okay, that's all right. I believe in setting it up year-round. So, um, so we just set it up one time, and we just leave it for as long as we want to, till my birthday, and then uh, we take it down. Um, but we were putting it up, and the entire time that I was putting up my Christmas tree, I'm not even going to lie, I was just cheesing, like cheek-to-cheek the entire time. Because it's just so happy, you know? Like, when you see a Christmas tree, you cannot help but smile. You know what I'm saying? Like, when you see Santa, you cannot help but get oogly and googly inside, right? Because you know, oh, Santa, he's coming to town. Thanksgiving, I love Thanksgiving because Thanksgiving not only means food, but it also means Black Friday deals. Amen. <laughs> You guys get excited, but let's be honest, like, everybody in this room too broke to be going Black Friday shopping. Can I get an amen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I go Black Friday shopping just to see the circus of people, right? Like, just to see the fights, just to see the moms that are, like, carrying a baby and, like, throwing punches with the other hand, you know? But I love this time of year. And, and tonight I want to talk to you about this kind of season because how many of you would love to live a life that isn't, re that isn't reliant on waiting for this season to feel joy, right? Like how many of you would love to experience joy for the rest of your life? How many of you would love to experience joy that surpasses your understanding, that surpasses your circumstance, the kind of joy that will be with you and sustain you through all the hardships of life, through all the trials? You don't have to wait for Christmas, but in January, February, March, April, you can still feel that kind of joy. Tonight, I want to preach to you a short message, a short talk titled, Chasing Joy. Come on, repeat after me. Chasing Joy. I believe that tonight God wants us to chase after some kingdom kind of joy. Okay, not joy that the world offers us, not joy that you receive from other things, but a kind of joy that only God can give us, that only can come from His Spirit. Come on, would you pray with me today as we jump into it? Dear Lord, God, I pray that you would speak profoundly today, God. God, I pray that you would speak bold words, God, that captivate our hearts, that compel us 
to live a life that's closer to you. God, we give you this moment. Have your way in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said amen and amen. Turn to your neighbor right now. Give him a high five and just say, get ready. Get ready. Turn to your other and say, I'm so glad that I'm sitting next to you. Turn to the neighbor behind you and say, you should be so glad you're sitting next to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I got a few questions today. Have you ever um, gone to a public restroom um, and after you do the business, you reach for the toilet paper, but there is none? Can anybody relate to that, huh? Like, like, yeah, 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 yeah. You're like, yeah, that happens at Brave Church all the time. Um, or, or, or how about this one? Like, have you ever maybe, like, gone to the bathroom late at night, okay? It's dark. You can't see anything. You're half asleep. And when you turn the corner, the most tragic thing happens. You stub your pinky toe on the edge of the door. Has anybody ever done that before? Come on. Like, how many of you know, like, there is no worse kind of death than killing your pinky toe on the door, okay? Because it's the kind of death that's, like, silent but deadly, right? Like, it takes 10 minutes for you to actually feel what just happened, but you know that it's coming, so it's like a silent killer. You're like, oh, man, this is not good. Come on. Anybody, like, you ever, like, walking down the street and you're having a great day, right? Like, nothing can steal your joy. But all of a sudden, you step in some ooey-gooey gum. And when you rip your foot away, you just see the gum stretch, right? Like, like, one of, like what I plan to do with Armin and his new shoes on April Fool's Day, don't tell him, but I'm just in front of his house, I'm just going to like chew up a bunch of gum so that when he steps out, it's just all over his shoes. Come on, we're going to do that, and we're going to make a TikTok of it. It's going to be amazing. Um, um, have you ever... Uh, Oh, this one's sad. This one's sad. Have you ever um, checked your bank account? <laughs> and that's all I'm going to say there. <laughs> you ever check your bank account and you see a, uh, you see a minus number next to the, an amount, next to a large amount, y'all? <laughs> I'm not even going to lie. That happened to me the other day. Um, and, and I'm great with my finances. I'm very uh, type A personality. Um, but there was something that was not expected, and um, thank God, by the grace of God, um, we're good stewards of our finances. Amen. Come on. We're going to talk about stewardship here in a little bit, and I was able to move some things around, but I saw a big fat zero with a minus sign next to $1,000, and I was like, oh, God, and that's never happened to me before, so I peed my pants a little bit, uh, but it was all good. Um, have you ever um, walked into your classroom and heard the two most demonic words when used together, pop quiz. Come on, like, you ever hear that? No, like, you ever hear that? And you're just like, dang, I did not study, so I either need to, like, play dead, or I just need to pray right now, but it never works, and you still get the F. You hear, so here's the thing that I believe. I believe that joy is hard. Anybody believe that joy is hard today, right? And it's funny because oftentimes the enemy can use big things to destroy your joy, but oftentimes he'll use the little things to create the biggest tension in your life. That's why, like, you can be having a great day. Things can be going amazing, but you get a text and you read it the wrong way, and all of a sudden your joy is automatically gone. 
right? Like all of a sudden, you go from having the best day in the entire world to having the worst day. And the only thing that you can think about, the only thing that's on your heart, on your mind, on your soul, like is this one small thing. Why does he do that? Because he knows if he can create a small tension, then he can create big discomfort, will create big dissatisfaction, will create big distraction, and distraction always leads back to sin. You see, that's why the Bible tells us in Philippians 4.4, 4, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again, I say, you need to rejoice. In other words, don't just rejoice in me when things are going great, but when things are going bad, when you don't see the end of the tunnel, when you don't know what's happening next, when you don't know the answer to the question, you should still rejoice in me. Why does he have to remind us of this? Because he knows that joy is hard. Having, having a, a, a sustainable kind of uh, godly joy is a difficult task. Why is it a difficult task? Because, watch this, write this down. If you're taking notes, note takers are. Note takers are. Write this down. Uh, uh, re rejoice, uh, uh, it's a choice to rejoice. It's a choice to rejoice. Why is it so difficult? Because God doesn't require it of us. But it's a choice. It's a choice for you to rejoice. What do I mean by that? I mean that it is not natural human tendency to give God praise for everything. Did you know that it is not a natural tendency of your flesh to have natural joy? To have joy in all circumstances. To have joy in the little things and the big things. To have joy in the things that go good and the things that go bad. It's not natural. But it's a choice. What do I mean by that? I mean that, did you know that, 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 that your circumstance and your situation does not define your joy? You do. You do. That means that even when you are in the midst of your lowest point and in the mountain of your highest point, it is your choice to rejoice. In James 1, 2 to 3, it says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Oh, this is so good. You see, what the Bible is telling you about joy is that you can choose joy in all circumstances because nothing is ever wasted with God. Oh, the, oh, I love this. When I read this, my, my mind was shattered because did you know that God never wastes anything? He won't waste a broken relationship. He, he won't waste a, a past hurt. He won't waste a, a, a life. He won't waste your potential. He won't waste anything. The only thing that you can waste is the decision to pick up your joy or not. That's the only thing that can be wasted. With God, nothing can be wasted. But joy, it's not about God. Joy is about you. Joy is about you saying, it's my choice to rejoice. It's my choice to stop complaining. It's my choice to, to stop pouting and moping and start praising and declaring over my life that God is good. I want to live a life full of joy. But you got to understand, it's a choice to rejoice. Nothing is ever wasted with God. I believe this. I believe that some of you are stuck in a state of grieving. Some of you are stuck in a state of confusion. Some of you are stuck in a state of fear. Some of you are stuck in a, a, a state of doubting. But can I remind you today that, that, that God doesn't waste anything. Nothing is wasted with God. I, I, I love it because um, right before I came up here, about five minutes before I stepped on this stage to preach to you today, I got a text message from somebody 
Earlier this week, um, me and my wife, we, we thought about one of the students in our previous ministries. And we thought about how much we invested into this person. You have to understand that this person was like my right hand. This person, I remember meeting them. I remember leading them to salvation. I remember discipling them. I remember getting them into small groups and getting them into student leadership and watching them develop and actually begin to lead their own small group. It was incredible. God was using them in an incredible way. And I just think, I was like, God, thank you so much that I got to play a small part in this person's life. And then Pastor Witt and I announced that we were coming down to Miami and there was some confusion that happened in this person. All of a sudden, they started talking bad about us. All of a sudden, they started to say things that weren't true, that we knew that it was just coming out of a place of hurt. But all of a sudden, it was one small thing that the enemy planted a seed of disunity, of discomfort, of dissatisfaction, and it grew to be sin in that person's life. And it was so sad because as we came here, we still kept in contact with that person. And we said, hey, we still believe in you. We will still invest in you. We will still be an influence and a voice in your life. And that person took everything that we gave and squandered it all. There was a relationship that I told them that they were not supposed to be in because it wasn't of God. And that they were being abused and they were being used and all of this stuff. And they ran back to that relationship. They deleted us on Instagram. They deleted all communication. The last time that I had a call with this person, they answered the phone and said, never call me again. I do not care about you. I do not care about your wife. I do not care about anything and any past relationship that we've had. We are ending it now. It was heartbreaking to me because to me, I felt like everything was wasted. I felt like all of our time was wasted. I felt like all of our love was wasted. I felt like a relationship was wasted. I felt like a calling was wasted. I felt like a beautiful uh, son or daughter of God was wasted. In five minutes, I remember earlier this week, me and uh, Wit, we were talking about this person. We were talking about this person because it reminded of, uh, us of one person in this room today. And we were like, man, it's crazy the similarities and, and the path that they're taking. And we said, you know what? I just hope that they stay the course. I hope that they stay the course. And so we said, man, I, we haven't heard from this person in forever. It's been years now. And we see them on, on, we went and we looked up their Instagram, and they were just living a life that is so completely far gone from God. We said, you know what? We just need to pray right now. We just need to pray and believe that nothing is wasted and that the enemy cannot steal our joy because nothing is wasted with God. And so we sat and we prayed for about five minutes and we said, God, we're leaving it in your hands. God, do what you can do. Not what we can do, not the words that we can say, but do what only you can do. Five minutes before I came up on this stage, I got a text message from a person that I have not talked to, not have, I haven't been in communication with, I have not even seen for three years. The last time I talked to this person, they said, hey, I am done. I do not care about you. I do not care to have a relationship with you. And five minutes before I came up on this stage, I got a text message from that person tonight, right now, not knowing that I was going to speak about this, but watch what they said. Oh, this is so good. It says, hey, Darison, I don't know if you know who this is. You probably don't have my number, but this is so-and-so. And I just wanted to tell you that I'm sorry. I wanted to tell you that I have life again, that I found God again, that nothing 
was wasted in my life. Can I tell you that nothing is ever wasted with God? I don't care how far gone you think it is. Nothing is wasted. Nothing. Oh, I love it because this person goes on to say, it goes on to say in the text message, I know that I was wrong and I should have listened to you. I know that you weren't speaking to me, but God was speaking through you to me. I've messed up so many times in life, but you taught me that God always has a second chance for his kids. And I just want you to know, I'm back, I love Jesus, and I'm ready to fulfill the call of God on my life. Ladies and gentlemen, that was five minutes before I came up here. Why did that happen? I believe that was a sign from God for somebody in this room that says, hey, nothing is ever wasted. That friend that you keep inviting and he keeps making fun of you about it, nothing is ever wasted. No invite is wasted. No sitting at the table next to him is wasted. No good attitude is wasted. Nothing is wasted with God. Nothing is wasted. It says in Nehemiah 8.10, it says, go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks. And send some to those who have nothing prepared. This day is holy to our Lord. Don't grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. You see, what, we st- what, if, we, what if we started off every single morning saying, God, this is a holy day. God, this is your day. Regardless of what happens to me, this is a holy day where I get to glorify you and your joy gets to be my strength today. And I choose to rejoice in you because of how good you are. God, today's a holy day. I want to challenge each and every single one of you tomorrow when you wake up in the morning, let the first thing out of your mouth be, God, today is a holy day and I choose to rejoice you. Because what's going to happen when you begin to declare that over your life, watch this, things are going to come at you, but because you already set the foundation for your day, you're going to walk and not be tainted. You're going to walk and not faint because you already have a strong foundation that you're walking on saying, hey, this is not about me. This is about God. And today is a holy day. Number two, write this down. Joy is contagious. Did you know that your joy is contagious? Have you ever been around a person that is just happy? I mean, like capital H and capital Appy. Like, happy. Like, they're just a happy person. And every single time they walk into the room, you just can't contain it, but you just smile. Like, you, you, you can't help it. But there's just something about that person that is just so contagious. And they can light up a room and they can, they can make it more vibrant. Did you know that a study in Harvard was done and they proved that joy is contagious? That anybody with a joyful spirit that walks into a room can brighten up any kind of atmosphere and environment? Why is that? Because joy is a product of hope and hope is contagious. Did you know that it is hard to have hope when you are unhappy? It's hard to have hope When you are just angry and irritated and agitated at the world and everything that's happened to you, but when you have a strong outlook on life and you have a positive attitude and you just have joy in your heart, it's easy to have hope. Anybody ever play for a sports team where your coach, all he did was yell at you? That's it. Like, it doesn't matter if you did something good, he would find the small thing and say that it was bad. How many of you enjoyed playing for that person? 
right? Like, like, like probably not many of you, right? Like probably not, you, you probably don't like people that are always Debbie Downers, okay? But, but how many of you know, like, like, ah, there's a, there's a sports team in Nebraska called the Huskers, okay? You probably don't know about them. I understand. It's been a rough few years for us, y'all, okay? Um, we are a college football team. We play Division I football. Um, we play great teams. Uh, you probably haven't heard of us in the past few years um, because we're just not good, okay? I'll just, I'll just go there. We're just not good right now, okay? And we just got a coach who was a national championship leading coach, and he just took over our organization, and for the past two years, he has done nothing with it. Nothing! And being a Husker fan, you got to understand, like, like, when you live in Nebraska, all you have is football, y'all. Like, you got cornrows and football. That's it. That's so, like, you either go shuck some corn or you play for the Huskers. Those are the only two options. That's why I had to leave because I was like, I can't, I can't do either of those things, so I'm just going to go preach in Miami. Um, and so we got this pastor. His name is Coach Frost, and I love this guy named Coach Frost because he is the most calm, cool, and collected person. You know the kind of people that when you're losing, you want them to get mad? You're like, would you just break something? Please, act like you're invested in the game. But the only reason that he is still around is because there's a joy inside of his heart that even though we've lost for two seasons in a row, he is still looking at the future and saying, you know what, I know I'm going to bring this organization out of the dust and I'm going to make them a championship team. What if? There were people in this room that could stop saying, you know what? My life is over for the past two years. I haven't won a championship. I haven't been successful with anything. But they started to look to the future and say, you know what? It's not about joy. It's not, it's not about all these other things. It's about my attitude right now. And my attitude needs to be looking to the future and say, you know what? I'm going to be calm, cool, and collected. And I know that God has something great in store for me still. What happens when you do that? becomes contagious. It becomes contagious. What if what was going to change the world? What if what was going to change your school? What if what was going to change your family in this church was not a great movement, was not a, a strategy or a platform or a program? What if it was just each and every single one of us looking at ourselves and saying, you know what, I can do it. You know what, I will choose joy. You know what, I will believe in myself. You know what, I will look to the future. I'm choosing joy. I'm choosing joy because I know that joy produces hope. Hope produces life in other people. You see, it's a choice to rejoice. Joy is contagious. You know, um, I believe this. I believe that your attitude is contagious. I believe that beyond just joy, your attitude is contagious. Joy is an attitude. And if you're not careful with your attitude, your attitude will obstruct your vision. Your attitude will, will cloud how far you can see into the future. Your attitude will cloud your faith. Your attitude will cloud your belief. Be careful with your attitude. Be careful with your joy. Because if you are not careful, it will lead you down a wrong path. See, joy is contagious. It's contagious. People are depending on your joy. Did you know that people are depending on your joy? Can, can you just think about that? What if it was your joy that unclouded their vision for their life? 
oh man, that's so strong. What if it was your joy that unlocked something, that unlocked a miracle, that unlocked a breakthrough for somebody else that you came into counter with that said, oh, there's something that's on you that I wish that I had. It's joy. It's joy. It's joy. Number three, write this down. I'm going to invite the band back up. Joy is connected to Jesus. Joy is directly connected to Jesus. In Romans 15, 13, it says this. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. So that you may overflow with the hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. In other words, the more you trust God, the more joy you have. The more connected with God you are, the more joy you'll have. The more of a deeper relationship that you have with God, the the more joy you'll have. The more in tune with his spirit that you are, the more joy you have. Why? Because joy is connected to Jesus. Like, like I, I wonder how many people in this room tonight have sacrificed your relationship with Jesus for other earthly pleasures. And as a result of it, you have been living in a life that has no joy. I mean, like, is there anybody in this room tonight that just says, man, I need more Jesus? Like, truly, like, like it's, it's not a shame. I'm in this room tonight saying, man, I can never get enough of Jesus. But since I can't get enough of Jesus, I can never get enough of joy. In other words, Jesus is always increasing, which means joy is always increasing. Peace is always increasing. Comfort is always increasing. Provision is always increasing. Supply is always increasing. My life and my faith are always increasing. Why? Because joy is connected to Jesus. I I love it. Isaiah 26. It talks about Jesus, who is the rock. And it says that he's a rock that smooths the path for those that rejoice in him. He's a rock that smooths the path for those that rejoice in him. What kind of rock are you standing on? Like like what kind of rock have you built your house on? You see, I I hate seeing teenagers that are discouraged, but more and more we're seeing discouraged teenagers I hate seeing teenagers that are depressed but more and more we're seeing depressed teenagers I hate seeing teenagers that are confused with their identity but more and more we're seeing teenagers that are confused with their identity why because they have not tapped in to the rock who is Jesus Christ and it's only when you build your house on the rock that you can have peace that surpasses all understanding that you can have joy that is unlimited Did you know that the world can offer you pleasure, but only God can offer you joy? What's the difference? You see, joy doesn't have an expiration date, but pleasure does. It's this thing called sins. People say, oh, sin isn't fun. Guess what? I've sinned before. Sometimes sin can be fun. But it only lasts a moment. And as soon as the moment is gone, you realize that instead of taking five steps forward, you've actually taken ten steps back. But when you tap into this thing called joy, when you tap into joy and you understand the power of Jesus Christ, 
You only get closer to your calling. You only step closer to your destiny. You only step closer to the kingdom of God. It's called joy. I need some joy in my life. I wish there were some people in the room that wanted to chase after some joy tonight. Can we give God a shout of praise tonight? Come on, would everybody stand to your feet all across this place as we close? In Psalms 16, verse 5, such a powerful, powerful scripture. The psalmist says, hey, you, Lord, are all that I have, and you give me all that I need. My future, it's in your hands. How wonderful are your gifts to me. How good they are, God. I praise the Lord because he guides me. And in the night, my conscience warns me. I am always aware of the Lord's presence. He is near and nothing can shake me. And so I am thankful and glad. And I feel completely secure because you protect me from the power of death. And I have served you faithfully. And you won't abandon me to the world of the dead, but you will show me the path that leads to life and watch this your presence fills me with joy and brings me pleasure forever who wrote this a person that was chasing joy who wrote this a person that was fleeing from a man that was trying to kill him can I ask you how do you how do you overcome the pressure of persecution while you're running away, you're chasing joy. While you're running from your past, you just need to chase joy. While you're running from the thing that hurts you, you just need to stop and you just need to chase joy because when you reach joy, you receive pleasure forever. What are you chasing today? What are you chasing today? I want to ask you, what are you chasing today? What do you feel like is, is wasted today? What do you feel like, man, it doesn't even matter because it's done and it's gone. No, no, no. God told me to tell you today that nothing is ever wasted with God. If you would just keep chasing, then he'll give it to you. He'll give it to you. Come on, with every head bowed and every eye closed in this room today. If you're in this room today and you just need to chase more joy. Maybe you've been living in depression. Maybe you've been living in fear. Maybe you've been living in doubt. Maybe you've been living in confusion tonight. I want to ask you, what are you chasing? If that's you in this room and you just need God to fill you with some joy tonight, would you just raise your hand on a count of three? One, two, three, go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Almost every single hand in this room. Thank you. Come on, I want to pray with you right now. Dear Jesus, God, I pray that you would fill us with a supernatural joy. God, I pray right now that your Holy Spirit would come and fill us, God, with a new kind of pleasure, God. Not an earthly pleasure, but a kingdom pleasure, God. Something that only you can suffice. Something that will sustain us and protect us and give us peace and, and show us the path, God. And we give you praise right now. Maybe you're in this room today. And you've never given your life to Jesus. Maybe you haven't been walking with him. Maybe you've never experienced the kind of joy that we're talking about because you've never surrendered your life to Jesus. Remember, my third point was that joy is connected to Jesus. If you want to experience this joy, you got to be close to Jesus. 
Maybe there's some of you in this room tonight, you're just like, man, I'm not close to Jesus, but tonight I want to be close to Jesus. Maybe for the first time, or maybe for the first time in a long time, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you in this room, would you just raise your hand? One, two, three. Now, go. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. One, two, three, four, five, six hands. Six hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. I love it. Come on, would you pray this prayer with me today as we close? I believe that this has the power to change your life forever. This prayer will shift everything in your life. It won't get easier, but you will experience more joy through everything. Everybody repeat after me. Say, Dear Jesus, I give you my life. I say yes to you. I believe that you died and rose again. I believe that you're alive today in heaven, waiting to meet with me in heaven. Oh, I choose to be obedient. I choose pure joy for my life. I surrender everything I have to you. In Jesus' mighty name, and everybody said, amen. Come on, can we give God a mighty shout of praise today? Thanks for hanging out with us. If you like this message, hit subscribe and stay connected by visiting us at brave.guide. We'll see you next time. And remember, no turning back. The best is yet to come.